Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. Also, you can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706 0111. 706 0111. We um, probably will have two hours of open phone line today. It's a little bit of a it's possible a curveball will come, but if it does if it does not, that is fine. We will just continue to set the stage on this for a big regional weekend on this glorious, and I mean glorious Thursday morning. Great victory yesterday, a little aggravation towards the end of the game, but a great victory nonetheless. And it it made me think. After the Astros' great victory yesterday in Oakland. Every once in a while, it's time as an Astro fan to pause and give recognition and pay homage to Josh Fields. And yesterday just seemed like a perfect time to do that. I don't know. It just it just came to my mind. You know what? We don't think and appreciate the great Josh Fields enough as Astro fans. And it's been a while since we've done that. And I and I thought that yesterday was a perfect time. I, I sent Hannah a little video just to see if she could figure out, you know, if she could so kind of help her understand. The greatness of Josh Fields. I don't know. I think she's taking the first step, but I don't know that she fully appreciates the greatness of Josh Fields just yet. But for those of you who are not quite, don't quite remember maybe the significance or why I um, am feeling to honor Josh Fields is the Astros traded Josh Fields. I'd have to go back and look. They they got Josh Fields from the Boston Red Sox. It might have been in the Jed Lowry trade. If But I'd have to go back to, to double-check that. But anyway, the Astros got him, threw hard. Not real good, but he threw hard. Um, And then... One day, a glorious day, and when it happened, we didn't realize how glorious it was. The Astros traded Josh Fields to the Los Angeles Dodgers for this 18- or 19-year-old unknown outfielder, DH, named El Perro Grande. Well, actually, he's just known that on this show. The rest of the world knows him as Jordan Alvarez. And at the time, 
No one in Major League Baseball, and of course that includes all the Astro fans, had no idea the the absolute greatness of this trade. Now, you know, we we talk about Larry Anderson. That was a good trade. Traded Larry, but Larry Anderson was at least good. The Astros traded Larry Anderson to the Boston Red Sox for Jeff Bagwell. That was a that was a pretty good trade. You know, a lot of the old-timers love to talk about the Astros, that big trade with the Reds where they traded, um, you know, Geronimo and, and and Joe Morgan and Lee May, and, and, and they got back, I don't even remember all the, the um, Tommy Helms and people. I mean, they, it, was, it was a terrible trade. And they, they, a lot of old negative Astro fans like to point to that trade, but, man, the Astros have made a few gems, too. A few gems. And one of them is trading Josh Fields to the punks for El Pedro Grande. So yesterday, the uh, Verlander takes a no-hitter to seventh inning, but he's only up one nothing. And, and and I always have a look. When 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 you when your guy takes a no-hitter deep and you're only up one nothing, that's normally trouble trouble and so I'm like I don't like the way this game is going at all this is a very uncomfortable so unbel- this is unbelievable what happened really seriously so not not unbelievable that Elvis Andrus man I don't know about you but I cannot wait till Elvis Andrus retires I can't even fathom how many big hits Elvis Andrus has got against the Astros that guy's old. He needs to just go. He's not really that old. He's just been around forever. Seems like it. So he can, who else? Why the Astros were not protecting the baselines and taking that away? I don't know what a one-run lead, but but uh, but uh, of all people, Elvis Andrus breaks up the no which I'm fine with. It was two outs because, you know me, I don't want no hitters anyway. Of course, if you're going to throw a no-hitter on getaway day with an off day tomorrow, eh, it might be the best time, but I still I don't want any part of a no. I don't I don't like no-hitters. But anyway, I was okay with that. It was two outs. It's 1-1, but you, you feel like you can get to their bullpen maybe. So not only that, then this cat Betancourt comes up. Understand, Betancourt in the last seven seasons – has the same amount of home runs that I do, which is zero. In seven years. Now, that's a little deceiving because what happened with this cat was he was a um, he was a position player, and then he tried to become a pitcher. That happens every once in a while. And it didn't work out, so he's, he's going back to being a position player. So he, he only, he's only had, I don't know, 100, 200 at-bats or something over the last seven years because in the middle of there for three or four years, he tried to be a pitcher, and it just didn't work out. But um, So he hits his first home run in seven years off of Justin Verland. <laughs> like, how does that happen? Seems like if you're going to hit your first home run in seven years, it might be over off of a donkey, not a future Hall of Famer. But that's just kind of how things go sometimes. It's it fits under that category. That's baseball. Or in baseball, you never know. Um, so 
suddenly the Astros are down three to one. The in my mind, the most impressive thing about this game was an almost. Jeremy Pena steps up. It's three to one. You're in the eighth inning. Jeremy Pena steps to the plate and crushes a ball that hits about a foot below the off the top of the wall, the high wall in left center. He he was just a hair away from hitting a game tying two run homer. Didn't happen. He just got a double and they ended up not scoring in that inning. But it it just goes to show you how clutch of a player. Man, that's impressive. And that kid. He is so impressive in that the moment does not seem too big for him. That was very impressive. He was so close to hitting a game-tying home run. So we get to the ninth, and aggravation comes back in. There, there are a lot of things in the different sports that drive me crazy. But one of the things that drives me the craziest as a baseball fan is when the other team's pitcher obviously – has zero command on the mound. He has no idea where the strike zone is. He is struggling. He is struggling. All you got to do is stand there. That's all you got to do. You don't have to muster up any kind of talent whatsoever. It don't matter what kind of bat speed you have. It ain't got nothing to do with it. You just need to stand there. So Icky, who's been injured, comes back, which is good to see him back, no question. Um, all he, the bases are loaded. This cat's throwing the ball all over the place. He has no rhythm. He he is he is lost on the mound. He has no command, none. All you got to do is stand there. He is not capable of throwing three strikes in a seven-pitch sequence. He is wild. He has lost his control. It's obvious. So what does Icky do? Swinging a ball in the dirt on the first pitch. I'm sitting here going, Icky, do not swing. Just stand there. That's all you got to do. I could do that. Fat with no athletic ability. I could go there and stand there. I'd be scared to death, but I could stand. That's all I need you to do is just stand there. He's going to walk you. So first pitch in the dirt swing. Then he strikes out pitch in the dirt swing. Like, you just probably cost us the game, you moron. Like, what are you doing? All I need you to do is stand there. That's it. So next up is Bregman. What does Bregman do? He stands there. And what happened? He walked him. Got a run home. <laughs> it's not that difficult. Alex said, uh, uh, Icky, this is all you need to do. Just stand here. That's all you needed to do. The, he, he'd have walked in two runs in a row. So uh, that got the score to three to two. Well, it got real scary again. Because they then brought in a left-hander. And El Pedro was up. Strike one. New different pitcher. He's, he threw two strikes. So, strike one. 
Strike two. And I'm like, oh, no. Icky just cost us the game. All he had to do was stand there. You got an 0-2. You got a new pitcher in. He's left-handed. And, and, and El Pedro hits left-handers pretty good. So he tries to throw a waste pitch. And they, and they try to do this day where they tell him to throw it up. But he didn't throw it up enough. And El Pedro Grande hits a three-run double on an 0-2 pitch up. Not way up, just up. And like I say, sometimes big dogs hunt. And sometimes they just shoot a little skeet. Just one step away from a full-fledged hunt. And uh, yesterday he was shooting a little skeet. A three-run double on an 0-2 pitch. Ash, uh, now... Presley was a little shaky again. Presley has not pitched well since he's come back from his little knee injury. He needs to uh, step it up a little bit. But um, he got it done. Once again, Elvis Andrews. It's an RBI double in the ninth. This cat, Elvis Andrews. Like, I mean, I cannot wait until he retires. That's going to be a glorious day when Elvis Andrews retires. That guy's been getting big hits against the Astros for a decade or longer. It's unbelievable, Elvis Andrews. Well, I'm glad he's on a bad team right now. At least most of the time he loses. But, man, he he has been torturing the Astros forever. But in the end, they got the 5-4 to four victory. Um, By the way, in case you had noticed, man, a high percentage of the Astros' victories in the last month has been with five runs. They scored five runs. I love it. I, I'm not complaining. That's five. That's about four more than it looked like they were going to get yesterday. Icky needs to get his act together. Come on, Ick. That was um, all I needed you to do was stand there. He needs to get in a groove again. Hopefully that happens soon. Astros need to score more runs, get more hits, but boy, they keep winning games. So it's a glorious Thursday, no question there. All right. We're going to do this. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, again, open phone lines. The game hotline is 706-0111. If you have any reactions to that, if you want to talk about the NBA Finals, I, I kind of gave you my thoughts on the NBA Finals yesterday. If you would like to um, give yours predictions or why, certainly uh, would enjoy hearing that and I don't know. I've heard enough talk since yesterday's show to convince me that even though I don't want the Warriors to win, I really, 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 really don't want the Celtics to win. And so I, w- I wouldn't go all the way to say <clears throat> that I'm rooting for the Warriors, but Kevin Durant is not on their team anymore, so that helps. And I really am rooting against the Celtics. And so it's, um, I don't think I'll watch any of it, but I am certainly um, know who I want to win the series. And my official prediction would be um, Warriors in six. So we'll see how that plays out. We also might be setting the stage for, if it's not the next segment, real soon we will, uh, in today's show, we'll, we'll set the stage for next week, which is going to be turning the page, hopefully going to a super regional, but uh, be talking about 
super regionals, but other stuff going on like the beginning of our annual footnote summer project. So we'll be giving details of that uh, on sometime in today's show as well. For now, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. I want to remind you about our game birthday bash. The uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles will turn 10 years old. We'll be celebrating that 10-year birthday on Wednesday, June the 22nd at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. From nine, 5 to 9, Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from the party. Hopefully, James is still lamenting the Celtics' loss in the NBA Finals at that point. But we'll see how that plays out. But anyway, you want to enjoy some delicious wings, amazing door prizes, and appearances for your favorite 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles personalities. You want to come by and celebrate with us at Buffalo Wild Wings and Ambassador Caffrey Wednesday, June the 22nd from 5 to 9 o'clock. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111 on this unofficial Josh Fields Day. Josh Fields Appreciation Day, I should say, on footnotes let's go to the game hotline hello foot a wise man once told me to enjoy your victories why are you sweating the small stuff for this early this morning foot well am i can you not tell how much i'm in, i enjoyed yesterday's victory i've been floating ever since yesterday's victory but still you still got to analyze the game all i need Icky to do is stand there that, that's the most frustrating to just stand there I'm worried about your health, man. Don't have a heart attack, man. It's still early in the season, like I said. A lot of baseball to be played. Yeah, but that Uh, was a great victory. Great victory, hey. And my Red Sox won last night, so uh, glorious day. Uh, But, yeah, uh, I mean, you calmed me down the other day, even though I hate uh, uh, Cora, and I wish they would would get ready. If there was anybody in the world that I wish the Yankees would take from us, It'd be that man. I'd be so happy. Since <laughs> you, they like stealing play, they like stealing players from the from the from the Red Sox and every other team because they can't win championships. That's what I told Paul yesterday. There's a difference between winning championships and buying championships. Y'all buy championships, but uh, uh, like I said, positive thoughts. Like I always tell you, it's gonna be all right. Can't control the game, anything that happens in it. You know what I'm saying? I got a question for you, Foot. Yes, sir. Okay. What would you consider a big a bigger 
um, collapse. Would you say it was the Atlanta Falcons choking away a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl or the New York Yankees choking away a 3-0 lead to my Boston Red Sox that year they, they choked it away? Absolutely the Yankees. That's not even close. Thank because- you. Thank you very much. I told Paul that. I was like, it's not even going to be close. I was like, all y'all had to do was win one game, and then y'all done. Y'all, y'all, y'all done. They couldn't do that. And you want to know who, who, what he said? He said he blamed it on the umpires. He said the umpires were cheating. I said if there's any team that the umpires cheat for the most, it's the New York Yankees. Well, that's I said true. Angel yeah. Cabrera. I said y'all might as well sign Angel Cabrera. Uh, not Angel, uh, Angel Hernandez to your squad too, because he probably a Yankee fan to him. Absolutely, there's no comparison between that. Because for one, it's just for one, the Falcons had never been in the Super Bowl. They had never experienced the Super Bowl Thank before. You. The Yankees should have been able to handle the pressure of the situation. Plus, they had to lose four games. I mean, all the Falcons had to do is lose one half, and they just lost one half. That that's it. That was, the, the Yankees had to was, lose four. It's not even close. It's not even in the same hemisphere. The, the the choke value of those two. That was like the best time of my life. Like, I, I loved when I was born and everything, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But when the Yankees squandered <laughs> a three zero seriously, I said, uh, and my my Red Sox have never done. I said, all y'all had to do was win one game, one game. That's it, and they couldn't done that, bruh. But, yeah, positive thoughts. We're going to get through this. I mean, we're going to make it to, to October. It's going to be a glorious October when the Yankees choke. Now, Martin, I, I've, and- never, I've never asked you this. Did, did you watch the movie Fever Pitch? Fever Pitch, Fever Pitch. It rings a bell. Uh, you is obviously- that the one with, with, uh, with um, Matt Damon in it? No, 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 no. Fever Pitch is the movie about a sicko Red Sox fan. Jimmy oh, yeah, Fallon, yeah, yeah, Drew so. Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, oh, so. man, I've seen I love that movie. Love it. You have to go watch it if you've never watched it, especially uh, as That's a Red no, Sox is it, Who was the main characters in there? Well, Drew Barrymore I, I, and Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think forget I know about the forget about, about the romantic and, and side of it. Just w- focus on it's a it's the best portrayal of what it's like of a sicko sports fan of any movie or thing I've ever seen. It's great. You need to go watch it. You need to rent it and, and, and watch it. While we while we talk about movies, I I, I challenge you to go see Top Gun uh, to uh, um, Top Gun Maverick. Man, I'm hearing it's a good movie. It was great. I was hope. I, I was hoping that they wouldn't destroy the original one because it was so such a good one. But a lot of people saying it's a good movie, buddy. I've heard that too. I appreciate the call. Okay, positive thoughts, buddy. All right, we'll take through. care. No, look, analyzing the game is not negative. People, too many people perceive that stuff that way. Analyzing the game is not negative. I am totally thrilled with the Astros' victory yesterday. Tremendous victory. Tremendous. Thrilled with it. But you still got to analyze. And, I mean, Elvis Andrews, oh, man, that guy's unbelievable. But the other thing is that um, the, the, the other thing is that Icky I- I- just can't do that to me. But the greatness of Icky's ineptitude yesterday at, in that at bat is that it made the, the heroism or the heroic – um, at bat 
for El Pedro Grande feel even better because I had all, I was already envisioning how frustrating it was going to be to lose a game because one of your best hitters just isn't couldn't muster up enough energy to just stand there. And so I'm like, all I need you to do is stand there and I'll win this game. And he tried to blow it, but it didn't. It, El Perro did not let it happen. So again, um, we will continue to relish um, Josh Fields' appreciation day today on, on footnotes. <laughs> Hannah didn't wake up this morning thinking she was going to hear this much about Josh Fields. <laughs> By the way, what I thought y'all were going to win last night. The Mariners did not win against the Orioles last night. You they know, didn't even come close. They had a chance for a second in the fifth, and then it, it, they just broke down. You know, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young last year. I'm starting to think he's paying the piper. See, you're going to start to see you, you do not want to win awards you don't want you want to stay away from I, the I awards <laughs> and you know, Robbie Ray out of the blue as this great season wins the Cy Young the next year he's gonna have a medicine season you just you, I, you I gotta know. you gotta stay away. you never want to win awards like you don't want to <laughs> do no hitters you don't want you want to stay away from the historic stuff you don't want to throw no hitters. You don't want to win Cy Youngs. I'm worried Jeremy Pena's going to win Rookie of the Year. I don't hate Rookie of the Year as much as I hate MVP, but I don't want it. You got to stay away from all that stuff. It well, just messes you and up. And I was nervous, too. I told you yesterday. I said, watch. We're going to have to pay the piper. Why? Because we shut them out. Ten, nothing. Yeah. That's, that's, and then what happens? You lose nine to two. You're learning. You're right. You're right. I, I thought we were going to get, you know, lose better off because we had any homers. It was all, we had three doubles and a couple of singles and a walk. I was like, ah, maybe we'll be better off. Maybe we probably will still lose because we did win and shut them out. Ten nothing. Ten nothing. But. That was a little much. We didn't get too big of hits. Yeah. To hopefully at least and then not yesterday, too badly. And then yesterday, we were talking about how the Marlins, if they ever could score a run, they might be good. And, and, and they scored what? 26 runs yesterday, and they split a doubleheader. They won 14 to 1, and they scored 12 runs and gave up 13. And once again, like Milo Hamilton always says about baseball, you just, ne- I got two words to describe baseball, you never know. I mean, that is unbelievable. How could a team who can't hit at all, worst offensive team, and, and one of the best pitching teams in all of baseball lose a game 13 to 12? Like, Mar- I don't know if there really are any Marlins fans, but if there are, they're probably thinking, we've been waiting to score 12 runs all year. We scored 12 runs and we give up 13. You got to be kidding me. That's just the craziness of baseball. It's just unbelievable. Just stand there, Rick. That's all I need you to do. Stand there. All right. We'll do this. We'll take a commercial break. I'll try to calm down. And then we will shift gears to a little horse racing. Huge Saturday out at Evangeline Downs, which, by the way, used to be located right across the street here. But it, it's not there anymore. It's in Opelousas. Huge day, Louisiana Legends Day. So we're going to have a special guest in to give us all the details about Evangeline Downs on Saturday. We'll take a timeout. Come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. 
June 2nd, 1987. The Seattle Mariners select Ken Griffey Jr. with the number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball amateur draft. The kid would go on to become a 13-time All-Star and a 10-time Gold Glove Award winner. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Want to remind you about Astro Weekend Getaway. The Astros will be playing the White Sox on Saturday, June the 18th. And if you would like to win four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening, you need to go to the website, register for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today, and you could win that great Astro Weekend getaway prize powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we have with us special guest from Evangeline Down, Rob Toole. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic, Kevin. Nice to be here. Now, you know... One of the things that I like to do whenever I meet someone new is find out a little bit about them, like the teams they support. And you tell me you're a Pirates fan. So are you from that part of the country? No, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Wow. So uh, growing up, our, our allegiance most for most people is the Kansas City Royals because we have a farm team for the Royals in Omaha, yeah. uh, the Omaha Storm Chasers. Uh, but when I was a kid, I fell in love with Dave Parker, oh, uh, the man, Cobra. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I've been a Pirates fan since – you know, mid seventies and went went through some good times and it's been a lot of bad times. Nineteen seventy nine All Star game in um he Seattle. Throws, he throws out, he throws Brian, out Downing. Brian Downing at the plate from right field. Man, no, he was something, Dave yeah. Park. And in the World Series he threw out I think it's Al Oliver that he throws out at third base to save one of the games too. Man, no, I you know, I um there's plenty of pirates that I like. I really like Will Willie Stargell. Like I remember, I don't have no idea. This was back in the early to mid '80s. Uh, for whatever reason, Willie Stargell was here at, at at UL in Lafayette, and I got to meet him. And his hands were just, you know, humongous. But like a lot of kids, I mean, even today, I have zero, never played baseball, zero athletic ability. But when I go to the plate, like in a family softball game or something, I do my Willie yep. Stargell. You know, you got, yeah. and he that was like the best bat routine ever in Major League history. Yeah, every kid playing wiffle ball. You know, yeah, you, you mimicked everybody, but he was yeah. certainly one Willie Stargell did. was the best. Yes, and and that '79 World Series, them and the Orioles, is one of the best World Series ever. Had some of the great characters of baseball, too. Kent to Colby. Could yep. have, couldn't have weighed more than maybe 135 pounds soaking wet, but that Sidewinder uh, submarine delivery was just classic baseball. And then uh, Phil Garner, who later came to the Astros and managed the Astros. Yep. So, no. Plus, it's a great – what better time to, to celebrate the Pirates because they just swept the punks in L.A.? Yeah, it, what a what a week and a half or so for the Pirates. You know, they they're still they're still alive to be first of June and actually to still be within shouting distance. They're like four or five uh, games under five hundred right now, which is really a, a a very positive sign. Oh, so. it's it's tremendous. We I, I always do on this show where June the first is the first time I look at the standings because I always say 
baseball plays, you can't worry about the standings yet, okay? But so June the 1st is always the – and I'm looking at the Pirates, and I'm looking at your run differential, which is terrible, and I'm like, you're like six games under. This is tremendous. Well, most of that run differential was courtesy of uh, one series with the Cubs. Cubs beat them like twenty-two to nothing and like eighteen to one. <laughs> so yeah, it that'll was, skew uh, it. Yeah, it, yeah, it's that'll a little, skew it. Uh, a little off. Control. All right, so I could talk. It sounds like I could talk baseball all day with this guy, but we brought him here to talk about horse racing. So tell me about the big event at Evangeline Downs on Saturday. Well, Saturday night is Louisiana Legends Night, so it's the uh, showcase for Louisiana bred thoroughbreds. We have six stakes races on tap. Uh, $75,000 a piece for each of the stakes races, which uh, that purse has gone, gone up in the last couple of years. So it's a good, uh, you know, a good purse for, for Louisiana bred the horseman to run for. There's also a pretty exciting two-year-old race to start off the card of Louisiana bred. So, you know, hopefully there's a future star uh, in that field as well. But uh, so it'll be a big card. We've got nine races on tap, uh, six of them of the stakes races. And we have some pretty serious horses that uh, have ran in the past year. Uh, some Louisiana breads have actually went across the country. They've won stakes races in New York. They've won stakes races at Monmouth Park in New Jersey, at Keeneland. Uh, so, uh, you know, Louisiana breads, uh, there are some, some pretty talented runners in this bunch. So hopefully we'll get some, some good racing. Hopefully the weather cooperates as well. Last year we kind of got washed out a little bit, rained most of the night, but you know, I always say baseball, softball, and golf, but I guess horse racing is kind of part of that, too, where it's great events, but rain can just mess it all up. Yeah, mainly because of the turf racing, you know, we'll, we'll wash off the turf. Now, it is one of the coolest sounds in sports, though. Uh, when you hear horses splashing across the muddy track, I just think that's one of the neatest sounds uh, that, that you'll hear. But, uh, but, yeah, we do want to keep the turf races intact, and that's, that's the, uh, the main issue with the weather. All right, so Rob is from the Midwest. So what has been... You've been you came down to Lafayette when? How long have you been here? I moved down here last a year ago, April. Okay, so you know, I'm sure you had an idea about Evangeline Downs and the history of horse racing and the jockeys and all in in, in South Louisiana, but I, I'm sure you've learned a lot more since you've been down here. How has that experience been? Well, one of the neat things is that I've had the chance to talk to uh, one of our stewards is is Mark Gidry. Mark Gidry is, is a name that I'd known for you know 20, 30 years that I've been following you know, I've been following horses for probably about 40 years or so mm -hmm. I've been following them since I was a kid dad loved going to the races at Exarbon in Omaha so I've been following uh, horse racing looking at the racing for but Mark Gidry was a name that I was very familiar with and he's one of our stewards uh, so we get together we play golf a uh, couple times a month and cool you know and I bounce just old questions about you know races he's been in and places he's been and you know the yeah the history you know the Delahousses the DeSormos uh, Milan Sons. I mean, you know, you can go on and on about the history of Louisiana horse racing because it's really cool to be to be a part of it now. Now, have you got to meet like Gerard or any of the really uh, do any of them visit or around there? Or? Well, Gerard is still riding. Still riding. So yeah. I, I've met him. Uh, spoke with Gerard a few times, and uh, I met Ed, Eddie Delahouse actually. Wow. I was down at the uh, fairgrounds for uh, for Louisiana Derby Day. Mm -hmm. uh, a buddy of mine had a horse actually that was in Louisiana Oaks. So I went down for the races and met Eddie Delahousse that day. And so, uh, yeah, you know, it, to me, and those are like, those are childhood yeah. heroes, you know, the jockeys. That's like Willie Stargell stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, jockeys uh, have always been, you know, guys that I've always been, hey, man, you know, how cool is it? Uh, Shane Sellers was a, a rider. I played golf with him last year. Mark, mm, Mark yeah. got us a date to play golf with mm -hmm. Shane. 
And, uh, you know, they're not the greatest golfers, but the conversation <laughs> oh, that we have yeah. for the, for the uh, three hours or so, it's, it's just fantastic. And like I said, I just, you know, the racetrack, there's no funner place uh, to be as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I'm having a ball so far. So, so tell me, uh, I went and visited right after the pandemic. Obviously, the pandemic messed up all kinds of stuff. So how has it been now that the pandemic's not over, but the really, really tough restrictions kind of have been lifted. So how, how is that uh, kind of going for Evangeline Downs? Well, we are, uh, you know, we're back up and running uh, full scale. The Silks Clubhouse upstairs, uh, which has been uh, quiet for the, well, last year was uh, fairly quiet, but they're serving uh, dinner upstairs in the Silks Clubhouse. We've had some pretty decent weekend crowds. Uh, which is great to see, you know, you're, you can be out outside and watch and enjoy the races. So um, as far as, you know, getting more people out there, there's plenty of space. You, you know, you don't have to stand right on top of somebody, uh, you know, plenty of space to walk around, grab a beverage. And, uh, you know, you stand by the paddock, you watch them get saddled, kind of all the pageantry yeah. of getting them, of getting ready. And so, you know, really, uh, we're it's we're open, we're ready to go, and and the best part about racing at Evangeline Downs is it's free. You can come to the racetrack and watch them for free. Now, you know, you want to have fun and you want to place a couple wagers, right? And, you know, you're going to want to have a drink and a uh, you know coke and a hot dog or whatever. But the entertainment aspect of the races is this is a professional sport and it's free. That's pretty awesome. So you know, we do want to make sure that people understand that, that you can, and kids are welcome. Uh, kids can come and watch the races and you know that's really where you get them kind of interested in in not necessarily the gambling aspect that can come later that can come after the fact but just right. the, the the power and the just the uh, strength of these animals how fast they can go I mean they're really exceptional creatures when you watch them uh, absolutely so would you say Saturday's like the highlight of the whole year or certainly one of the two or three highlights of the whole racing season? Uh, certainly for the thoroughbred season, Saturday is the um, – that's our derby day yeah. uh, for, you know, per se. Uh, we do have some stakes races about one, one weekend a month. We have stakes races, but this is the, the pinnacle day, yeah, for, for Evangeline Downs. And tell again, for, for fans, if no one's been out this year and they say, oh, that sounds interesting – the times that they should be there and any details they need to know about sure. being in. Well, on this Saturday, we actually have a couple special events going on with with the races. Uh, prior to the races, from four thirty to five, we're actually going to have a jockey meet and greet. So if you you know if you watch these guys on TV or if you, you've seen them, you know if you've come out to the races and you want to say hi to Tim Thornton or you know Gerard Melanson, um, you can get a picture taken with them. They're going to be doing autographs. That's from four thirty to five. The races start at 5.30. First post is 5.30 Saturday night. The races run about every 25 minutes or so. Uh, so our nine-race card begins at 5.30, and the last race usually runs on a Saturday night about 9 o'clock. So uh, really, you know, it's it's a lot of activity, a lot of fun in, in kind of a short period of time, really. It's about a you know a few hours. So I'm sure they're all going to be good, but are there one or two races that stick out look really promising uh, as you look at a racing form going into Saturday? Uh, well, some of the races, like some of the stars, I guess, uh, there's a horse named Overcharged that will be, she'll be one of the, the uh, big favorites of the night, but she has uh, only lost one race in her career, and that loss was in a graded stakes at Belmont Park. Hmm. So she tested the, the uh, deep waters, and I think she ran second or third in that one. I don't, I don't have the uh, form right in front of me. And then there's uh, 
a really attractive race that has uh, Bodka Gimlet, more memories, and a horse that uh, won his maiden about two weeks ago named Touch Upon a Star. Hmm. In a seven furlong race, he broke his maiden, which is his first career victory. He won by 21 lengths. Wow. And he was less than a second off the track record. Here? Here at Evangelist. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was less than a second off the track record. He's owned by uh, Set Hut LLC, which is Jake DeLome's uh, oh, okay. racing uh, stable, uh, trained by his brother, Jeff DeLome. So uh, certainly this horse, I mean, if he can do anything close to that, he's certainly one that I'm interested in seeing. He, so he faces runners that have won multiple races. So he's really kind of taken a step up in class. But, boy, his, his win was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. So... Uh, now, in, when was that? Like April, May? Uh, about the first week of May, May I think, okay. is when he ran. About three or four weeks ago. So, so Jake must have been fired up, you know. So, yeah, they had a couple really impressive winners in the span of about two or three days. So, uh, they, but this one, this horse could be anything uh, based on that that victory. His first race of his career, he ran at the fairgrounds and he broke dead last and he finished second. Mm. And at in our race here, going seven furlongs, he actually broke on top. Uh, he was first one out of the gate, and we were like, "Uh-oh, what what can this horse do?" And it was <laughs> it was pretty impressive. So, uh, so he's he's certainly he's certainly one that I'm interested to see, um, you know, how he faces. And what race is he going to be in? Do you know? He you is remember? in about the sixth or the seventh, I think. Right. He's right in the, about in the middle of the card. That'll be quite interesting. So, what are your impressions, just as a horse racing fan, of? You know the crazy Kentucky Derby, and and then you know what you know that was memorable. Like we're you know horse racing fans are going to be talking about that for a long time, I would think. Well, and it was really memorable to me. Uh, a couple buddies and I, we we split tickets on the Derby, and usually the big race days, there's three or four of us. We all pool some money and we play some tickets. And two races before the Derby, there's a horse named Jackie's Warrior, and we all agreed that we think Jackie's Warrior is the horse to beat. You know, this is this is the cinch of the day. So we played Jackie's Warrior. We took a couple horses in the next race. And I said, as we're looking at the Derby, we had picked about 12 of them. I said, let's just use all of them. Let's just take every horse in the race on a ticket. Maybe we, something crazy happens. So when Rich Strike wins the Derby, we hit a pick three ticket for $1,600 wow. just because we used everybody. So <laughs> that was that was quite the highlight. Yeah, for, that's, uh, yeah that's covering your bases. I like so, that. You know what the heck? It happens. <laughs> um, and, then, and then I did pick early voting to win the Preakness. All right. So I'm, I'm two for two. Now, the horse that I've been in love with moving forward to the Belmont is a horse named Mo Donegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like a horse that is uh, fits the Belmont to a T. So let's see if I can go see if I can have my own little triple crown sweep. All right. I like that. All right. Unfortunately, we got to take a break. We'll have another minute or so. Um, we come back on and, and uh, Rob Tool from Evangeline Downs can remind you about Saturday's big uh, racing card at Evangeline Downs. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes on the Game. We've been visiting with Rob Tool of Evangeline Downs, and we're finding out once again that when we have a good conversation going on, the commercials just kind of get in the way, but that's just the reality of it. So we only have another minute or so. We want Rob to remind you and tell you the details about the big night or big day or evening at Evangeline Downs on Saturday. 
Louisiana Legends Night. Again, there's six stakes races on our nine-race card. Uh, jockey meet and greet starts at 4.30 from 4.30 to 5. Uh, the racing action is uh, during the evening. And then we also have a post-race uh, 80s-themed dance party that will be going on in Mojo's, which is uh, the bar downstairs. You... Uh, do have to be 21 or over to get into the dance party, but it is also free. So free admission to the horse races, free admission to the dance party, 531st post, and should be some great racing. All right. So does that mean dressing up when you say 80s theme? You know what? I Like big hair? and Yeah, I'm not sure if they want uh, people to try to come costumized or not. They they didn't say anything. I don't know but, if you uh, could do I like, had uh, hair in the 80s. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know if you could do the uh, the 80s rock, you know, hair bands. Uh, I don't know if you could do that. Uh, mine was more uh, spiky. I had a high flat top, uh, <laughs> kind of about, about a three-inch like Bart Simpson flat top for <laughs> some of the 80s. So. I think there's a reason I, I don't have any hair because the stuff I put in it to... To make oh, it I stand got you. Up. Absolutely. <laughs> it was a little toxic. Well, look, this was fun. We're going to have to do it again. Oh, nice absolutely. to meet you. Um, and uh, look, good luck uh, with the Louisiana Legends card on Saturday. Thank you, sir. Sounds great. Thanks, Kevin. All right. We are at the top of the hour. Another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball in South Louisiana. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome. Back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on... The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for South Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. All right, what's going on? All right, so just trying to get um, reconfigured here because normally we do phone, we do interviews on the phone, but when we have someone come in the studio like Rob just did, and what great fun that was. I always like meeting people. And around this, and what I try to do is to find out, you know, where they're from, who they support team-wise, and why they support them. And so that was cool. And, uh, no, uh, man, I, I didn't think he was old enough to remember all that, those great stuff from the 70s. And so when, when we re-tried to go back, then I put my little headphone in the wrong I like to admit my faults sometimes, and sometimes you try to hide them. I am proud of you for that. Yeah. It's better to admit I put it in the wrong little hole there, and, deny. and, and it, I couldn't hear <laughs> there for a while, but now I have it in the right one, so we're good. <laughs> All right. The uh, game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. And again, that was great fun, Louisiana Legends. Uh, night is Saturday, and it sounds like it could be lots of fun. If you did not hear, there's going to be a meet and greet with the jockeys in the afternoon. I think he said from like 4 to 5.30, and then they're, they're, the racing is going to start until about 9, and then there's an 80s theme. And Hannah, I think, could would enjoy this 80s theme dance thing. Is that what I gathered? I mean, I think I would enjoy it. I went to the... Cajun Heartland State Fair, and they had an 80s, the 80s experience, what they're called. 
mm-hmm. and they were playing some music and I had fun more like guessing if I knew the song. I'm very much a, I can sing a whole song, but I have no idea who sings it or what the name of the actual song is. But 80s, I was doing pretty good at that guessing game of what song it was. So Prefer who prefer the 70s, but I could do a lot of the 80s. Some of the 80s <laughs> was a little too much for me, but uh, that was still my wheelhouse. I went to high school and college in the 80s, so I was right, that's right in my in my wheelhouse. What was even thought of in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Um, want to remind y'all that today is Josh Fields Appreciation Day. And uh, for those of you who did not hear it, uh, I don't know that I'll go through the whole spiel again, but um, we always post, thanks to Hannah, the show online on Twitter. Um, and so you, if you are saying, man, what is this Joshville Appreciation Day all about? When In about, I don't know, an hour after the show ends at 11, go on Twitter and click on the link for the show and you can hear why every once in a while it it's prudent and gracious you know we need to astro fans need to show their gratefulness towards josh fields and their gratitude towards josh fields and uh enjoy and celebrate in uh josh fields appreciation day i mean i mean it's only right i mean it's only right yeah it's only right (laughs) And so uh, just the, the, the long and short, well, the, a short version of it is that, um, let me see, um, on August 1st, 2016, the Astros traded Josh Fields to the Dodgers for El Perro Grande. <laughs> El Perro Grande. Uh, got a three-run double yesterday to win the game at and complete the the series sweep of the Oakland A's and the pesky Elvis Andrus. And I just figured that was time, a good opportunity. You know, Martin accused me of not enjoying this victory. Does it does it feel like I'm does it not seem like I'm enjoying this victory yesterday in this sweep? I feel like I mean I named it well, I named the day <laughs> after the cat. How, how much more do you what do you want me to do to enjoy this victory? Because see, this is what you do. You you relish in the fact that your team won. You do. You're very groggy whenever your team loses. And it's, you know, hundred percent everyone can agree with that. We all can see it. But you then go. And we're like, oh, we won the game, but this this picture didn't know what he was doing. This cat didn't know what he was doing. He you stood gotta there. Analyze gotta, the game. You gotta analyze the yeah, game. Yeah, but you're doing it in a way matters. that you don't like. That you'd very happy with the victory. So you got to do it in a way you analyze the game, but that, you're not upset about it. Now, if you win the World Series that way, it doesn't matter anymore. But until you win the World Series, all of that matters because that at bat could come up. In October, that at bat could come up in a big game in September or in the beginning of November. You, you, you got to do better than that. You, you, when the when the pitcher can't throw a strike, you got to let him walk you, because I don't know the interview that um, Raymond did with the with the guy I forget his name that covers Texas A and M baseball. One Travis like, Brown. Yeah, with, with Travis Brown, and he talked about that. And that's something that the Cajuns, I think, are going to have to be 
able to do and willing to do. If the other pitcher is going to walk you, then don't help him. You need to take pitches. You need to, you, you need, I mean, you, you got to figure out this cat is all over the place. He is struggling to throw three strikes in the zone in a seven pitch sequence. Let him kill himself. It's too hard to get hits. It's much easier to just stand there. Now, if you're one of these guys who's a free swinger, then I understand that it's really not much easier to just stand there. And apparently that was the case with our, our old friend Icky yesterday. But again, no, glorious, 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 glorious victory. All right. Um, also want to remind you that on Wednesday, the 20th, June the 22nd, it may or may not be Josh Fields Appreciation Day that day. It we'll will see. not be that we'll, day. We'll, we'll see. It won't be that day. We're okay. set that aside. But on Wednesday, the June the 22nd, whether or not it's Josh Fields Appreciation Day again or not, uh, it will definitely be our 10th anniversary. I keep saying anniversary. Our 10th birthday party at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey from 5 to 9 o'clock. Crunch time will be there with Miguez and Mesh. And um, so come join us on Wednesday, June 22nd. Help us celebrate 10 years from 5 to 9 at Buffalo Wild Wings, known by all you cool people as B-dubs. You just got to get hip with the lingo foot. Uh, You know, even Manny was was rebuking me about not not being hip enough. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, at least you know where it is. I, I, you know, the name I know of where it. it is. I know the name of it. And I, um, I'm celebrating Josh Fields Appreciation Day. And to me, that makes me hip. And so if, <laughs> if I'm, if, if, you know, if I'm not cool with the, with the lingo, you know. Maybe we should okay. do a live uh, Foots Fury at the birthday bash. Speaking of that, and we should do this on the air. We might could do that. We need to do Foots Fury today. So anyway, I'm glad you reminded me of that. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. All right. I meant to do this last hour, but I didn't know exactly. Uh, I mentioned at the very top that we might have a, a curveball interview, and what a great curveball interview it was. We were able to hit it out of the park to- totally uh, appreciate, um, and now I've got a, another couple of interviews in my mind for this summer where we can get Rob back and enjoy hearing about um, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And and, and really, I, that was one of the things I meant to talk about today, and I'm glad Rob brought that up. The Pittsburgh Pirates, like, they swept the Dodgers in L.A. So, like, these Dodger fans who were probably, you know, they've won so much over the last decade, they're, they're, they're so, you know, cocky and you know who are the pittsburgh pirates to even come into our stadium like they're i'm surprised they even let the pittsburgh pirates play on their little field but um not only did the pirates play they swept the punks in la i mean what a what a you want to talk about glorious that is glorious and you know i they 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 they, they their closers done well so their bullpen is done fine uh, they're starting pitching, you know, it's always a little iffy. And they don't have a lot of – Reynolds is not off to as good a start as me, although he had a home run yesterday. Uh, it's not off as good a start uh, as probably he was thinking. But, man, if they can just 
hang around. I mean, they're starting to sniff 500. Unbelievable. I mean, the Punks are, have had a fabulous season, even though they got some injuries and some pitching issues. I don't know what happened to Mookie Betts. All of a sudden, he decides he wants to hit, and he's hitting home runs like crazy. It's been a crazy baseball season. All kind of crazy stuff happening. But, no, it's um, it is um, – that was a that was a tremendous treat for everyone who's not a fan of the punks. Uh, tremendous feat, treat to see the Pirates sweep them. All right, let's do this. Let's take a let's go to the game hotline and talk to our friend Ellis. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing this fine morning? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I woke up this morning. I understand. Yes, sir. Uh. Tom going to be on today? Uh, no, Mr. Tom will be on next week to talk about the Belmont. Uh, yeah, it'll be next week. Yeah, the Belmont's next week. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a question for him. Maybe he can. Uh, oh, I'll. What is that? I'll ask him. Okay. Why the horse that finished second? Why was he being schooled during the races that were going on? rather than the day or two days before the race. A horse is a creature of habit. They brought him into the paddock, and the way I understand it, they took him out of the uh, paddock and brought him back to the barn. I don't know. that That's what I got from it. Now, you're talking about in the Preakness? In the Preakness. Right, okay. Because... Uh, I've never seen that. I've seen them school before the race, before the day of the race, a week before the race, but never on race day. I will ask when him. When they brought him up, and that horse is mine, he was ready to go. And that may be what was uh, with the bad break. I, I will ask him. All righty, Kevin. All right. Thank you, and have a great day. You too, sir. Thank you. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev, I've got a great idea. I'm sorry I wasn't able to call in while the guy was there for, for Evangeline Downs. But how about this? This is a kind of 80s theme. Remember the parties in the 80s and all that? you got the jockey meet and greet. You have this fog machine, just blasting fog, and Sylvester Carmouche emerges, emerges from the fog. <laughs> how, how cool would that be? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would be tremendous, yes. <laughs> hey, Kev, I want to know. This, this is why I called. I, I want the real answer to this question. Okay, so I see the, the, the home run derby, you know, Miguez, Mesh, and, and um, RP3. Why were you not invited I, to participate? Was I didn't know anything about FC? this. I, I didn't know anything oh about goodness. it. I, I heard about it when he mentioned it today. It's the first it, I've heard of it. It actually wasn't even supposed to be right. It was supposed to only be. It was a thing that happened on Crunch Time Megas and Mesh. You can go back on their playlist on Audio Mac to find those, or on our Twitter and Facebook. <clears throat> but we were going out there. They wanted me to pitch so that the other one can videotape or whatever. And Ray's like, "Well, I want to do it. How hard is that?" So we said to be that all three of them did it. And I was even asked why I didn't. Bad. I was like, no, no, I'm good. Y'all, y'all got that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know about pitch. it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you'd have dominated. I mean, I could. I, I saw that video of you uh, when you were dodging the um, the water uh, balloon bombs and stuff, and your your relative athletic score was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> right. I mean, I was grading. You, you know, your burst was good. Your, your hip flex behind the tree was pretty awesome. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you have a lot of innate athletic ability there. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, right, just, man, uh, hey, care. hey, uh, uh, enjoy Josh Fields Appreciation Day. All right, buddy. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. Take care. All right. <laughs> He's talking about a video that my family did to me. This was, I want to say it was on uh, either a Memorial Day or a Fourth of July at my brother-in-law's house. And they conspire. They love to do that. They're always conspiring against me. And my daughters and nieces and nephews conspired to get a bunch of water balloons and to get me in a position where they could start pelting me with water balloons. And I was trying to get away. And my lack of ability in doing so, and they got they caught this on video and put it up. And that's what he was talking about, my... um unathletic self trying to get away from people I will now be going to find pelting that video. me pelting me with, <laughs> with with water balloons anyway um that that is what, that is I, I don't know how to find all how do you find that kind of old Facebook stuff I mean I don't I don't know I mean, I mean if you somebody were tagged who, in somebody it? who knows where b dubs is might be able to do it <laughs> but I I um uh, or what B-dubs is, might be able to do it. I certainly cannot give that advice. All right, so let's do this. Since we kind of uh, had too much fun in that segment, it's okay to have fun. It's summertime, right? Not officially, but it's June, so that's close enough to summer. Um, we will take a timeout, and when we come back, I will begin setting the stage for what begins next week, which is our footnote summer project as we continue to both observe and enjoy. Josh Fields Appreciation Day. By the way, since the trade was made on August 1st, I think we're going to at least have to have another one on August 1st, right? It'll be the six-year anniversary of, of the great trade. And so we need to remember that on August the 1st. Um, I don't know. I hope that's not a week. My birthday's the next day, so we need to... I don't hope that's not like a Saturday or Sunday. I hope it's while we have a show so we can appreciate, further appreciate... Uh, Josh Fields Appreciation Day. It needs to be observed, no question. All right, we will take a timeout, come back, start filling you in and setting the stage for next week and the rest of the summer. We'll do that next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball. 
in southwest Louisiana. Astros are off today. They begin a three-game series with the Royals tomorrow, and it's interesting because the Royals have been miserable this year. Miserable. And they just got their faces crushed again yesterday. But when the Astros went to Kansas City last year, they got crushed. Crushed by the Royals. Could not get the Royals out. Could not get Nicky Lopez out. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how different it is this year. By the way, they won't be facing Grinky Dinky Dong, our old friend Zach Grinky, because I'm pretty sure he got put on the IL recently. I don't, I don't think he's uh, available right now. And really, I grew to appreciate Zach Grinky and what he did for the Astros. And so I don't really want to face him. Um, I'm sure the players, his former teammates, would have had fun facing him. Not necessarily that they would have had success, but he's just, of course, he's not one to interact very much. So he's just one, you know, he's from a different planet or whatever. But the announcers, at least, would have had a whole lot of fun watching the Astros compete against their former teammate, uh, Zach Greinke, but that's not going to happen. Hopefully, the Astros can have more success in Kansas City this year than last year when they got their faces crushed. It was a strange season because the Tigers, who were terrible, crushed them. Um, there was another team, maybe the Rockies, who were finished last or next to last, crushed them, and the Royals crushed them. Uh, and then the Astros did pretty well against just about everybody else. But, all right, <clears throat> want to also remind you, if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House, you need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and join the game Clubhouse, and you might win a $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House. All right. So, Mr. Ellis, ask a question. Wants me to ask Mr. Tom. And so what happens? Mr. Tom says, wait a minute. I know the answer to that question. I'll just call right in and answer. How are you, sir? I'm good, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Now, I know you're a man that can appreciate, have fully appreciate Josh Fields Appreciation Day. <laughs> Who's Josh Fields? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I need to send you a video, and and, and it might it might I send you a video, and it might help you appreciate who Josh <laughs> Fields is. All it right, would. all right. So tell me okay. about um, the answer to Ellis's question. Well, first off, I'm not sure what horse he's talking about, but let me just talk in general about what we do with horses. He's right. The one thing he's right about horses are real creatures of habit. They they do things every day the same way, and that's how you train them. So what ends up happening, and I think this is what he's talking about, uh, and I'll give you an example. Um, of three or four days ago, the horse that won the Derby, Rich Strike, came out in the afternoon at Churchill in the middle of the fourth and fifth race and worked out on the track. And of course, in the afternoon, the track's a lot faster than it is in the morning. So they worked him around the track and he ran a 59 flat for five fullers, which was very fast. And let me tell you right now, when I told you a week up the weeks ago that I didn't think Rich Strike could win this race, I've changed my mind. This horse looked really great the other day. So the question is, why do they school them? 
They school them in the paddock for one reason, because they want them to be familiar with the surroundings. They also want them to be familiar with noises. Noises are the biggest problem that horses have. They get freaky when something noisy occurs. So, I mean, if that answers a question, that's basically what they do. They, they school them so that they're familiar with the surroundings. I'm not sure what horse he's referring to, but that would be what. I thought he said it was training. the horse that finished okay. second. Well, I don't even remember the horse that finished second in the in the Preakness. I mean, that to me, that was just a that's a prep race. I don't bother too much with it. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. It's just not. You know, I'm not much of a Pimlico fan, and I didn't pay much attention to it. But the horse that won was that Chad Brown horse, and I figured he'd win it. I didn't have any doubts about that as far as winning. Epicenter. Epicenter finished second. Is that? Well, Epicenter's not going to run. He's been retired. He's he's on the farm right now. So they're going to have him ready for the Travers. I, I guess that's what they'll do. I suspect the Travers. Maybe go to the Haskell. But it'll be one or the other. Now, now how, uh, since I have you on, and we're going to talk next week about the Belmont, but yeah. how many horses yeah. are going to be in the Belmont? Well, who knows? I mean, I heard six and I heard 15. So, you know, take your pick. But it's normally they, they, a really small field. Most of the time it is, yeah. yeah. It's, it rarely is big because most trainers understand. And, I mean, you know, a lot of trainers don't. But most of them understand that whether their horse can do this or not, you know. I mean, if you put your horse out there and gets beat by 50 lengths, he may not win another race. So you yeah. have to be careful with horse psychology with Belmont. It's, it's, a, it's a real difficult race. In fact, Sonny Leon, who's on Rich Strike, plans to ride all next week at Belmont so that he can familiarize himself with the size of the track. You understand what I mean, Kevin? Is it, is it the, it's the, I mean, is the biggest track anywhere? Well, no, I mean, I think Longchamp is bigger in France and probably uh, the Garage is bigger in Ireland. Uh, but as far as size, as far as a mile and a half around, think about it. I mean, a mile and a half around the track. I mean, you could put two Saratogas in that track. So, I mean, it's big and it's wide. And in, and if you've never run on the track, when you get to the the what, what we would call the quarter pole, but it'd be the five-eighths pole at, uh, at uh, Belmont on the backstretch, you start running your horse. But by the time he gets to the eighth pole, which is 220 yards from the finish, he's done. <laughs> you know? And so you have to be real patient is the word when you ride in Belmont. You have to be real patient. You can't go too soon. Go too soon, you're going to hang. If you're in the lead, you want to make sure you can back the pace down. So, Usually the Belmont is run real slowly unless you're the horse named Secretary. Yeah, and you know, you read my mind. I was just about to say that. I'm about to say, well, none of that seemed to bother Secretary. No, but he was so much faster than everybody else. Yeah. It didn't matter what he did, and he just kept running. But you don't have that this in this field. I mean, in this field, you're going to have, well, you have two or three donkeys, but you're going to have mostly good horses. And they're going to, the ones that are up close, I mean, within 10 lengths are the ones that are going to win that race. I mean, if you, if Rich Strike stays way, way back, he don't have no chance. But boy, he looked good in that workout. And he looks like a nice little horse. Reminds me of Seabiscuit. Not very big, but boy, he can get going. 
All right. Well, we appreciate you uh, calling and letting us know that, and we'll be uh, <laughs> hooking up with you again next week and, uh, yeah. and and getting a few more details about the Belmont. Yeah, you you going to College Station? I'm going to College Station, yes. Oh, all right. Go Cajuns. Well, I think they have a better chance than LSU does to well, get out of their region. But they're not. They're gonna have a tough time beating A&M, even if they beat TCU. Well, I, I think TCU's the team to beat in that, but we'll see. We'll see. That's All why right. they play the games. I appreciate Go it. Go Pirates. Go oh. Pirates. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Tom. Oh, yeah, that is glorious watching the Pirates beat the, beat the punks. No question. Well, you know what? Another segment. <laughs> it's been a weird day. It's been fun. I mean, I guess you never really know what to, uh, what to expect. Uh, you never really know what's going to happen on Josh Fields' Appreciation Day. It's just, um, it it just becomes very unpredictable. We had uh, a great interview with Rob Tool of Evangeline Downs, and I had no, I, I never met um, Rob before, and had lots of fun there. And then Ellis calls with this question, and then Mister Tom comes with the answer, and it's just. It's been uh it's been an un, kind of unplanned day. Most days are kind of structured. You kind of know what you're going to talk about every once in a while. It's nice to be like an 80s hair band and let your hair out and just kind of go with the flow a little bit, which you know, you can do on Josh Fields appreciation day. So we'll do this. At least that's the plan. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, I'm going to try to get done what we've been trying to get done for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will endeavor to get it done after this timeout. We'll do that on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball in South Louisiana when that song was out. That song was groovy. That was like the B-dubs version of, you know, that was hip back then. It was groovy in the 70s. But anyway, that's when I was young and had not experienced Josh Fields Appreciation Day quite yet. All right. Want to remind you, if you would like to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse where you could enjoy mouth-watering steaks and tremendous sides all cooked to perfection. You need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the game clubhouse. You might win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. It's free. It's easy to sign up. So sign up today. All right. It's time to no longer put it off. I wanted to set the stage for next week and the rest of the summer uh, with our footnote summer project. And it kind of goes to the old line that I use sometime from the movie Midnight Express, kind of a crazy movie with Charles Gruden, and I don't remember who else was in it. Was Chevy in that movie? Anyway, one other. Um, 
and he used a line, a made-up term called the litmus configuration test. I always say that the true, my definition of a fan, of how much of a fan you are, is how much do you hurt when your team loses? And yesterday, I don't remember what sparked the conversation, but um, I was talking with my daughters about something, and they made the comment that they don't remember. They remember, but they don't ever really think about the teams that they beat. They're just more haunted by the, the teams that beat them. And coaches think that way. Like, coaches get to the point, I think most coaches, the losses hurt way worse than the wins feel good. And I think if you're a longtime fan of a team, you you un, you, you kind of get that. That, yeah, the wins feel good, but, man, those losses, you just, you just really... You know, the El- like I, I'm haunted by Elvis Andrus. Like, I, I don't remember. I mean, I remember some guys where you just, man, we light up that guy. I mean, just lit him up. But you really remember the Scott Posednicks. The Astros could not get out Scott Posednick. And then they go to the World Series for the first time in tw- two, 2005. And who is playing for the Chicago White Sox? Scott Posednick. Like, how can that be? And um, and then, of course, he hits a home run in the first game to beat the Astros. So what the theme of our summer project is going to be heartbreaking losses. And if you have any familiarity or memory of how we do our summer projects, normally if we have a theme similar to this, we'll have a week and – We'll all week long, we'll come up, we'll do the local thing like the Cajuns or the Tigers or if it's when we get to high schools, any of the local high schools or professionally like the Saints and the Astros. And then we'll do anybody else that anyone wants to, we're not going to cut it off at that, but we'll, we'll certainly do the, the, the teams that we talk about the most, what I would consider our home teams or our home regional teams. And then we'll talk about anybody else that anyone wants to talk about as well. And so we'll begin next week. And I think we'll begin with the NBA because I'm not going to be here every day next week. And then I'm going to be off the next week. And so week I know week one and two, I'm still debating on the schedule for when we're going to do the NFL because the saints is going to be a doozy. Uh, most of us, many, many saints fans in this area. And most of us have a very distinct list of memories, and we'll be going over all of those heartbreaking losses. And uh, I have so many; I there's no way I can narrow it down to ten. And I don't know how I'm going to do that, but that's be part of the fun of this. So we'll start with the NBA, and and I'm, I, I you know, the Pelicans are technically the home team, but they just haven't been around long enough. I, if it certainly, if anyone wants to to call in, you know, I don't know if we could even come up with ten really historic, heartbreaking losses for the Pelicans. So I'm not going to do the home thing, town team thing on the Pelicans. But certainly if someone wants to say, well, you're wrong, I can do it, and this is it, certainly feel free. But we'll do NBA. The problem with this is 
um, it kind of depends on what side. Because, like, what's heartbreaking for me, if you were pulling for the other team, was not heartbreaking for you. But So we get that. But um, we'll, 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 we'll start next week with the NBA, and there'll be the NBA Finals going on. So that'll work nicely. And then week two, we'll do college football. After that, uh, you know, maybe I'll decide by the end of this week or next week how the rest. I've got something written down, but I'm not sold on uh, the order that we should do. But for, for the first two weeks, we'll start Monday with the NBA and we'll do NBA next week. And then we'll do college football in week two, which that'll be many. And we'll. For college football, we'll do certainly the Cajuns and, and LSU, no question. And then if we can come up with a third top ten, uh, just national, because there's been a lot of heartbreaking losses in college football over the years. So I, I think college football is so popular that we can do a top ten for the Cajuns, top ten for LSU, and a top ten national one, um, kind of with everybody else. And so it's, uh, it'll be lots of fun. And... Um, and again, it's kind of what, I mean, again, the wins are tremendous. It's great when your team is, is as good as like the Astros have been the last four or five years, and there's certainly a lot of wins to recount. But I think nothing brings together a, a fan base than like two old Saints fans, just to, you know, as an example, sitting together and agonizing together about, you know, all the the heartbreaking losses over the years and how you survived that and now you're good. I mean, that's what makes the good stretches. That's what makes the Saints being so good over the last few years and being a quote-unquote elite team so satisfying because you had all the heart the heartbreaking losses. Um you know, it, it, it's harder to really appreciate when you're really good if you've never been really bad or if you've never really had your heart broken. Like, uh, hopefully it never happens. But if the if the Minnesota Vikings ever win a Super Bowl, then the, it, it will feel so good just because of all the heartbreak that they've had over the years. Um, and so that's just... Again, I, I think that's the number one determinant of how much how much do you hurt. If you don't really hurt when your f- team loses, in my opinion, again, it's a free country, believe what you want. But if you don't really hurt when your team loses, then you you're just not I don't in my opinion, you're not a great fan of that team. You just not. I just you gotta have pain when they lose. Now, I'm not saying every loss, like Major League Baseball is a little different. Every time the Astros lose, sometimes during the regular season when they lose, I'm very upset. But there's sometimes, you know, if sometimes when they lose, I just chalk it up to that's one of their, you know, they lose eight or nothing or something. I'm like, you know, that's one of their 54 losses they had before. Baseball's a little different. Football is like every loss is just, it's just, you know like the end of the world kind of stuff. Can't speak, can't talk, don't want to eat, just nothing, I mean, just depression. Then depression set in kind of thing. But you can't do that for every game in baseball or you just, you know, you'll just die. But 
Uh, you, and plus, you have to understand baseball. You you there are you do get fifty four losses before you're zero and fifty. You know you're fifty four and fifty four when the season starts. So you know you have fifty four losses before the season even starts. So you got to understand that in baseball. You can't get totally mortifiedly depressed every in every loss in baseball. So I don't do that. But um, but still, especially in the playoffs. Oh man, I mean every loss is just so. Uh, and so, no, you got to hurt when your team loses, in my opinion. That is the definition. That's the litmus configuration test of what kind of fan you are, in my opinion. So I think it's going to be fun. I guess you – I don't know if fun is the word, but I guess you could say it's going to be um, interesting. Um, I guess you could say fun to um, remember your agony. <laughs> Most people like to forget their agony. But this summer, I think we'll we'll have some fun recollecting and reminiscing about some of our most agonizing moments as sports fans. Agonizing losses. Heartbreaking losses. That's what we're going to talk about this summer. <clears throat> and again, we'll begin it Monday with the NBA. You know, almost all, not all of them, but most of my agonizing losses – as an NBA fan growing up, were um, involved the stupid Celtics, but not all of them. I mean, certainly not all of them. I I would say losses are games that the Lakers lost, but it's also game other games that teams that the Celtics played lost, or other teams that are green that I hated. And you know what? One of the irony of this is green. When I was a kid, red was my favorite color, I would say. But now I'd probably say green's my favorite color. And some of the teams that I hate the most in life, especially on the NBA side, well, really all on the NBA side, I guess, were green. Hated the Seattle Supersonics. I mean, Jack Sigma should have played, could have played for the Celtics. Did he play for the Celtics at the end? I don't think so. I think he finished with the Bucks. But Jacks and I like the Bucks. That's a green team I like. But Jack Sigma, ugly. Could have played for the Celtics. Ugly. John, uh, um, Dennis Johnson, ugly. He did play for the Celtics. So that that com- that that tr- that uh, team switch made total sense. Dennis Johnson, ugly. Played for the Celtics, and I hated those Sonics teams. Hated those Trailblazer teams. Dave Twardzik, ugly. He could have played for the Celtics. Now Maurice Lucas was cool looking dude. I didn't like that he played for them. He 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 really couldn't have played for the Celtics, Maurice Lucas. But but Wayne Gross and Dave Torzik and Lionel Hollins, all ugly, all could have played for the Celtics. They were a red team, though. Couldn't stand in. Bill Walton, ugly as it gets, made total sense that he went to the Celtics. Ugly as it gets, Bill Walton. Just a picture-perfect Celtic. Hated him, too. So uh, some of their wins, I, I, you know, I'll probably recount as some of my most heartbreaking losses. No question. So we'll do NBA next week and then college football, and um, we'll get touch on all the sports. And that will also include a high school week. As of right now, I've got high school week penciled in for the late June, early July. So... There have been many heartbreaking losses on the high school front to recollect. And, um, I mean, we'll mostly do football, but uh, if we want to include basketball as well, certainly feel free 
to call in. So we'll have lots of fun all summer recollecting misery. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a badge of courage for sports fans, just the way it is. All right. We will take a timeout, come back, finish out today's very fun show on Josh Fields Appreciation Day on Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for Houston Astros baseball in Southwest Louisiana. I want to remind you, Astros are off today. Um, LSU will be playing in the Hattiesburg Regional over the weekend, so you can hear those games right here. Also, remember, Saturday, Louisiana Legends Day at Evangeline Downs. Starts about 4 in the afternoon, meet and greet. The racing starts about 5.30 and lasts till 9, and there's an 80s dance after, so lots of fun. One of Rob was in early and really appreciated him coming in and enjoyed that visit. Always good to talk to someone who remembers the 19 great moments like the 1979 All-Star game. I don't know why that one sticks out in my mind, but it, it always has. That was, a, that, was a, that was a fun one in Seattle. And I, I never really liked the Pirates. I, wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a Pirates fan, but I certainly liked a lot of their players. And then, you know, for those of you, and, and Rob may not know this, we, we have a, a, a very frequent caller named Manny. And his name is Manny's name is not Manny. The Manny, when we, when I say "Hey Manny," that's a reference to Manny Sanguian, who was a catcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the seventies. Uh, and so, because Manny's name is that, that's like his radio name that we gave him because of Manny Sanguian of the nineteen seventies Pittsburgh Pirates. So that's um, that's all great fun. So uh, also want to remind you. That if you would like to win a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, you need to go to the Game Clubhouse today. You need to sign up where you can get anything from fried cheese sticks to barbecue pork sandwich when you visit Cypress Bayou. So if you want to win that $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, you need to go to the website today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and join the Game Clubhouse. Tomorrow we'll be talking a lot more about the College Station Regional. We talked with Koki yesterday quite a bit about the Hattiesburg Regional. Tomorrow we're going to have our weekly visit with Craig Melanson, so we'll be talking even more specifically about the um, College Station Regional. And, again, the more you look at TCU and A&M, and look, if if no one can slow down A&M's bats, they're going to win. I mean, it's just that simple. Um. All signs point towards a lot of runs being scored because no one really has overly impressive pitching, especially starting pitching uh, in this regional, with the exception of, like, one guy from Oral Roberts and maybe one from TCU. And 
I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored in that series. So it'll be lots of fun if you like runs. All right. Appreciate all the Rob coming on and all the great phone calls today. Y'all have a nice one.